morning, afternoon, or night, whenever you decide to roll out of bed, we're your hosts, Kristen Hoyles and Sarah Yako. And welcome to our podcast, Waking Up with Millennials. This week, Sarah speaks with Glatzen Nevis. Glatzen is an IT architect with his sights set on exploring and challenging himself by breaking away from the routines of everyday life. Sarah, your path crossed with Glatzen's when you were doing some traveling of your own. What about him led you to keep in touch and share his story? So Glatzen and I actually haven't really spoken in eight years. Yeah, I met him in 2013 in Rome. I was having my first trip to Europe and Rome was a stop along the way in Europe. Stayed at a hostel, you know, the hot people hostel situation. You're meeting people from all over the world type of situation. And there was something about him that, I don't know, something just clicked. I don't know what it was. We spent literally one day together at the beach and going for a little walk. And I think we tried to figure out another day to to hang out or meet up and it just didn't work out. So we probably spent a total of, I don't know, eight to 10 hours in each other's company. And that was the end of it for eight years. Now we did become friends on Facebook and eventually Instagram once I figured out what that was. <laughs> and we we haven't really directly spoken until recently because I found out he listens to all of our podcast episodes, <laughs> which is really awesome. So, you know, we did a little bit of catching up and the fact that he was interested in what we were putting out sort of drew me to ask to interview him because first of all, he is Brazilian and currently lives in Portugal. And it's always interesting to me when people find international relations, I guess. <laughs> like, uh, like when like people from all over the world can relate to what someone else is experiencing somewhere else, you know? And I have never been to Brazil. I've never been to Portugal. You know, I don't know what some of the major cultural differences might be from growing up in Brazil to growing up in the US. I have some general knowledge of what that might be like, but not firsthand experience by any means. So the fact that he could connect with what we were sharing made me want to figure out what in his life was similar or what he was really connecting with and what his experiences have been and give a little bit more of a well-rounded perspective, not just an American one. I am Gleitson Ferreira Neves and I'm living in Portugal since last February, so 2012-20. And I work as an IT architect and service integrator for a multinational company. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're originally from Brazil. You're from Sao Paulo, if I remember correctly? Yeah, the state is Sao Paulo and the city is Bauru. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and, yeah, and we met in Rome in mm -hmm. 2013, right? Yeah. I think so, which was cool. Yeah, it, it was, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now you're in Portugal and you are some type of IT engineer person guy. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so did you, I mean, did you always imagine living in, in Europe instead of Brazil and also having the job that you have? No, not always, no. Before I started university and the first girlfriends I had, I, I was like talking about future and etc. And I never considered um, Europe or getting out of Brazil. That was not in my scope or I had no idea I could do that. You uh -huh. know? Yeah. And, and then when I had the experience that I lived in Germany, I thought... I kind of it it expanded my view so much and and then I said wow okay this is what I want so uh, but at the beginning or until I was like 22 23 never had imagined that in with 32 years old or 31 I don't remember actually now 32 yeah I'm 32 <laughs> 
never imagined it's funny how that. I forget. I'm 31 and I'm like, wait, how old am I now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Since, yeah, it's like I had, I had this, let's say, awareness nine years ago. The, you know? uh, the awareness that you wanted to live there? Exactly. Like there is more to the world, you know, mm -hmm. it's like where I was born and the way I was raised and everything that was surrounding me, I, I, I didn't see beyond, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how did you end up in Germany in the first place? If you didn't like think that you would even live anywhere else? Yeah. So the story for Germany, basically it was like, you know, Jonathan's that you met, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We were in the same university. So we were classmates and we received emails for internships, any internships. Mm -hmm. And there was this email that talked about internship in Germany. And I thought to myself, ah, internship in Germany, this is for rich people, not for me, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I just threw it to the garbage and ignored it. I think that in the, the, the weekend after I did that, Jonathan was talking to me and he said, did you see that email about internship in Germany? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I saw, I mean, it's not for me. And he was, no, no, I mean, you get paid enough for to leave there. And I was like, hmm, is it really the case? I mean, can I leave there in Germany with the income of an internship? And then I was talking to him and he convinced me to apply. And then I, I applied. And I was moving ahead in the in the selection, and I was like, okay, so this might actually come true. So I need to talk with that rich uncle that I have and say I will need a kind of a a push <laughs> to get mm -hmm. there, like the, mm -hmm. the the first money. And he said, no, count on me. And then um, yeah, he, he told me, yeah, if you have it, I will help you. I mean, I can pay for your first month, or I can pay for your trip, and etc. Um, That's really nice. Actually, for the trip, yeah, and and for the trip, uh, I was I was dating a girl back then, and her father had a lot of of miles in in flights that he was never using, and he said, "Why don't you use my miles to get there? Because I'm not doing anything with them, so just take it for you." And the 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 one way ticket to Germany was bought with miles from from my from the, the father <laughs> of this girl I was dating. Are you sure this wasn't just like the dad didn't like you and he was trying to get rid of you? So he was like, use, <laughs> use my airline miles, get yeah, out of yeah, the yeah. country, oh. don't come back. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure now. Never thought about that. <laughs> Actually, I, felt, I always felt bad about this, you know, like because we didn't end up together. Uh -huh. But maybe this was already his great plan. Yeah. <laughs> Then I was going on the um, I was I was going on these interviews and, and the interview was basically phone call was a phone call like mm -hmm. they wanted document 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 it was like really tiring to get all these documents and translations and so on and when they said okay we are calling you this day this time the the call will be in English and and, and so on oh well that was a, a very important point English was the requirement not german mm. and then when we had the call i was able to answer perfectly their questions and that is because i always played world of warcraft resident <laughs> evil and all these things that is my where my english comes from yeah and, and that's how you learn. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and that's how I, I passed in the interview and I, like i was i was going i was competing with one of those rich people that I said that the internship was for, her. and yeah, and I and I got there like unbelievably happened. Your college degree was in what, like computer programming or something like that? No, I I am graduated in electrical engineering. Okay, <laughs> way nerder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I thought you said something about being an engineer but then you're like i'm an it architect i'm like that's not engineering. exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly I mean, people that are really from it like this is a heresy you know for them <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I'm, I'm not even close of being an it person 
or being called IT architect because I know now some other IT architects and I know what they, I mean, I don't know what they know, but I know what they need to know to be called architect. And I'm not even close to that. Like it's, it's the organization that I am working in or mm -hmm. the role that I have there that gives me this architect. Yeah. Name. They just put a title on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So between you like graduating and not thinking that you would ever leave the country and then you had this internship in Germany and now you live in Portugal, was there like, it sounds like moving out of the country was sort of like a big deal for you, but in order to get there and just be who you are and be an engineer and seemingly a happy person, Have you had, you know, big changes or like a big shakeup in your, you know, life journey that either affected the person that you are today or really influenced your trajectory of where you are now? Many things. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> many things change and and we learn a lot. Like I learned a lot and I don't think that I will ever stop learning, you know, mm -hmm. how to deal with situations. But as you were asking, I thought of one thing before going to Germany, and it's more on the emotional side. Before going to Germany, I was very skeptical. I was very, mm, how can I say, it's better to be safe than to be sorry, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when it comes to emotions. And when I was living in Germany, I saw, um, like, I never believed in love that's like, You meet someone and that person is the love of your life. I mean, for me, love of your life is, is going to be the person that you die when you are together. Like that was the love of your life because your life ended yeah. <laughs> when you were with that person. That's actually so really like, logical. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That, that was me. Uh, yeah, fully, fully me. Logic, logic and logic. Mm -hmm. And when I was there, I was, I was observing and talking to people and, and understanding different cultures and, and learning different things from different cultures. So I was kind of, as I was in a different country, I was more welcoming to different perspectives. Yeah. So I, I was more like, I had a more an open mind to say, okay, I'm in a different country. I should, I should listen and I should learn what um, they live like and, and what they do and et cetera. And I really liked what I learned that is I was I was observing like old couples, you know, going mm -hmm. jog together, going for walks together. And and I was this is nice. I think I, this is something that I want for myself, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I was always thinking that it's better if you are not falling too hard for someone. It's always better, you know, if you don't go too high in a relationship because mm -hmm. then you go, you have the fall and then you are down. Yeah. So I, I, I took a decision before Germany to be always in the neutral zone. So then I wouldn't get hurt mm -hmm. yeah? or hurt anybody. And after Germany, I was, man, I think it's more worth if you leave the highs, even though you have the downsides, but the highs are, are, are really important right yeah i i have lived in that my entire life because i know how good the highs can be and even like if it's not like if you don't end up with your like forever person then you always hit that low and it always fucking sucks but it's so worth it for the highs like i get the thinking yeah. about you know staying in this like safe zone but that's so fucking boring <laughs> well I, it wasn't boring for me. I mean, it, it was safe. I was like, yeah. this is it. You know, I mean, I am a person of routines. Mm -hmm. I really like routines and I, I am, I am seduced by routines. You know? Seduced by routines. Exactly. I mean, if I can say it like that. That's amazing. Yeah. It's like, oh, a routine, you know, and I just get into it. <laughs> I tend to go into these routines because I know it's like, it, it's just another comfort zone that I can get to. And one thing that I noticed is I did that to protect myself, to protect others, but I really enjoy 
doing things differently. So like today, really today, I went for a walk and I saw this different street that I could go. And I saw that I had time because we would talk like two hours or two and a half hours later. And I thought, hmm, why not? <laughs> and then I went to this, you know, unknown path and I, I found out a very nice place, like a very nice um, um, neighborhood. And it was nice. So doing things differently helps, actually. And, and I mean, I like it. And, and I also read that when you do things differently or when you go out of your, your usual way and so on, your brain notices it and, and helps you answer to, to, to things in your life in different ways than if you are just in your comfort zone or if you're always making the same path. I love that notion so much. And I feel like that's, it's a really helpful way of putting it and a different way of putting it than I think people normally say where it's like, you know, live somewhere else or go explore something. You'll get a different perspective and it'll change your thinking. But like when you put it in those terms where it's actually like, there's something like your brain actually starts to reinterpret, you know, the experiences that you're having and like, look at things in a different way. I feel like that really sort of just like, makes that point even more clear, like really drives the point home. <laughs> but so you're talking about like love and you, I feel like you have a story there that you're like, just, you know, ta like talking about the intro to it, but we haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> Maybe this was because of my first relationship that I was, uh, that I chose to be on the neutral zone. Like, mm -hmm. Why I was in my my first relationship was five years and four months long. That's a long time. Did that it start in like high school or something? End of high school, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it was end of high school. So and it was five years. I had lots of friends, and I was I was I was having more time with her than with my friends. Mm -hmm. So I gave up lots of things to be with her, and then I'm not with her anymore. Mm -hmm. So I thought. Mm -hmm. This is not worth it. Let's just stay out of this giving too much. And then I entered this state of being neutral. Yes, dating and etc. but not going too much. And then after Germany, I thought, hmm, maybe it's a better idea if I leave things the way it needs to be lived. And, and it, instead of holding myself on, on because of, of fear of hurting my feelings or someone else's feelings and mm -hmm. every relationship that i got into after germany i was uh, that was the first thing i said is i want to get out of brazil <laughs> so <laughs> either this is going to last and then you are coming with me or when i am going we are ending do mm -hmm. you still want to be with me <laughs> and <laughs> i had some relationships <laughs> like that on that terms and then when you ended up leaving, you weren't you were with someone, and that was your I dad, was. the the girl with the dad who gave you the no, that was actually <laughs> that was the first time I left. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So that was before I went to Germany. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but now that I came to Portugal, yes, I was with someone, and relationship was okay. And then it broke. I mean, some months before I came, and in this. <laughs> And this little time of not being with her and coming, there was another one. <laughs> and that was also painful. Like it was two, three months or even less. And it was painful I, I, because yeah. I decided, you know, to enjoy and, and to give everything. And even it's, if it's um, two months, it hurts. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. First of all, similar to you, I knew that I was going to move to New Zealand at some point. And mm -hmm. before I got into a relationship with someone, I was like, listen, I don't know when this is going to happen, but it's going to happen. You can come with me. You're not obligated to come with me, but I'm doing this thing. So at some point, <laughs> like, you're just going to have yeah. to know, like, no matter where our relationship is, this is not going to change. And it didn't. And I, at a certain point, I was like, but it's time I'm going to move to New Zealand now. And he was like, I'll come with you. I'm like, you don't have to. I'm not putting this pressure on you. And he's like, no, I want to come with you. Yeah. And so he came and then we ended up breaking up, but whatever, that was fine. But then mm. at the tail end of when I was leaving New Zealand to come back to the U S I started dating someone and we were only together for like two months in 
when I was still living in New Zealand. And then I left and then we were together for like another two months when I was back home. Then that broke too. And that was really fucking painful. Like it was a short, like very short relationship. And I like got to know this person very quickly, but like we both like were so open and we like really invested in getting to know each other and, you know, just putting all of our feelings out there. At least like I put it out there. I don't know exactly how much he put out, but, but yeah, when we broke up, it was like one of the shortest relationships I've had in a while, but it was one of the most painful too. You know, it's like, it, it's really odd how that can, it's like, doesn't matter about the duration, you know, it's like if that person yeah. is like significant in a way, it fucking sucks. <laughs> Okay, so you're talking about like living in this safe zone and stuff. So is there a reason for that? Like, do you know why you had this way of thinking in the beginning that, you know, kept you not experiencing those highs in in relationships earlier on? Mm -hmm. Now that you said, you know, when when you speak to people, some stuff triggers things in your mind, you know? Mm And like the same way that that you that you made me think about that probably that was because of of my first relationship. Um, I was having recent conversations with other friends, and and my avoidance of relationships might be because my parents are um, divorced. Okay. Because you know. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a friend. A friend keeps telling me. I mean, that must be something from my childhood, and it can can be even because of of my 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 parents' divorce. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, I don't like to to blame them for this because I think I think that I have control over my life, but I I, I don't think I do. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You want to have control, but you know you don't. But it's like, but I still want to. So if I can, I will. <laughs> it's like if I am here, if if I am like this, it's because of the decision I made, or the path that I chose, and you know the way that I that I like to be. But that can be heavily influenced by experience in childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I don't think it's like. I mean, I'm not trying to be any sort of like psychologist or psychiatrist or anything like that but like I'm reading a book right now that's talking a lot about personality types and things that essentially sort of like helped you form your personality because of things that you either did hear when you were a kid or you didn't hear when you were a kid so it's like these like unintended messages that stuck with you Mm -hmm. or like you didn't hear it enough so you didn't get the message that you needed and therefore, like you, you operated in the world in a way because you didn't have this information or the information you were told just shaped you in that way. So I feel like it's not really about blaming. It's just like that's what the experience was. And th- then when you can like go back and think about it and actually know what the influence is, then you can break that cycle and like you can break how that is still sort of controlling you, you know, then that's how you have control. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly the same argument that my friend told me. <laughs> like, <laughs> you you have to you have to explore your mind in a way that you find out what exactly was the root cause, and then once you found it, you at least know about it and you can do something about it. And mm-hmm. like right now, I am mm, can be there, but I'm not. I, I don't know. Can be. And and there's another thing. That um, that actually hits harder than than this relationship thing because about the relationship thing I am decided already. If I have a relationship, I'm going all in, <laughs> even if it breaks. You know. Mm-hmm. But a, a different a different thing that I I have in my personality behavior, uh, whatever, is I putting too much pressure in myself every time. Like, and and this pandemic is really something to learn for me. I mean, yeah. I'm taking a, a lesson, yeah. Because when it comes to work, I always want to know everything that I need to know. I always want to know what I think that people think that I need to know. <laughs> and I want, when people ask something, I, I, I don't like to not have the answer. And I learned, I, I learned already that you're not supposed to have all the answers. Every time people ask you, 
I don't know is also an answer. And better with that is I don't know. And if you if you are the responsible to know that, you can just research and, and come up with the answer, right? Mm -hmm. So I am always putting high pressure on myself to know everything or to, to, to be the guy who fixes or to be the guy who makes everything great for everybody. So you mustn't you must think how hard that is and stressful, right? Yeah. Um that does sound um way too complicated. Like <laughs> you're doing too much. <laughs> yeah. Actually it's 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 not because they they put this pressure, is me with myself. And and I have this and then you know, the, the switch the switch of the country, um the things that come with it, like the the um, all the paperwork and and things you have to do to to be in a different country i am in a different role because this role was not the same role that i did uh, while i was in brazil i was doing some things like it but but i didn't have the name you know that i that i was put now mm -hmm. um and then there there is this pandemic so there there is lots of things already for me to deal with and i am always pushing myself harder like that person is doing um university with work that other person is doing um a different course every weekend so he's learning new things every weekend and i'm like i'm getting behind so i need to you know also do this stuff learn everything that i can and but then i think i have too much already to deal with i i realize that i already have too much to deal with and i don't need to put this pressure on me you know mm -hmm. that i need to be like that or i need to be like that i need to be myself mm -hmm. and i need to know my limits and i don't need to be the other person you know yeah i have already like all these things that happened in my life if i count nine years back it's huge change from perceptions from where i live from the ideas that i had about life and what i want about life you know and where i started and and what i already accomplished i mean i should be still in the in the back tap mode where you are saying man <laughs> hold on a little bit you know i mean yeah and and i am I am um, nowadays that I am, am um, absorbing more that idea. I mean, I don't mean that I did everything that I uh, that I that I'm here to do, so I can just relax and I don't need to evolve any further. No, I know that I need that, but maybe it's just not the time. Yeah. yeah. And I learned that, and I am absorbing this idea that I can give myself this time, get things figured out, and when I am feeling myself lighter then i can put more things on top mm -hmm. but now for me is I, I figured it's not the time yeah you know and i'm really happy that i found out that i can do this to myself you know another thing that i'm one thing that i like to do is to listen to to great talkers so not great talkers but talks webinars about resilience self-care and burnout and etc you when when someone comes to you and they are and they look like that they are near a burnout or they they're not taking care about themselves you're always telling them you should take care about yourself mm -hmm. you should slow down a little bit and but when it comes to you you don't do that mm -hmm. I mean, you're always pushing yourself you want to push yourself more and more but i learned like i can go to that mode as well and and tell myself hey come on hey wait you are good you have your value maybe just not is the time now that you are giving everything yeah so take your time you know mm -hmm. go for walks play stuff watch whatever sleep on the couch you know <laughs> like <laughs> i was always against sleeping on the couch my brain is crazy <laughs> <laughs> You realized you were like a little bit insane because once you started sleeping on the couch, you're like, this is amazing. What the fuck have I been thinking this entire time? Is that what happened? Yeah, kind of like I have my bed. So the place to sleep is the bed. So if you want a healthy sleep, 
you sleep in your bed and you use your stuff in the bed and so but I mean it doesn't have to be 100% you can just if you feel like sleeping on the couch sleep in the couch <laughs> that's gonna be the name of this podcast sleeping on the couch with Clayton <laughs> There was this this day that when I decided this, it was this year. Like, I was, I mean, the bed is 10 steps away. But I just said, "Mm, I want to be here. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I challenged myself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not to move. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I lost myself now from, like, where I was. (laughs) You're a completely different person now. That was the last step you needed to take was just sleep on the couch. <laughs> sleep on exactly, the couch, yeah. walk, on a, walk down a different street, you know, yeah. start off yeah. by moving to a different country and then sleep on the couch for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And for me, like, I think to a degree, I have been that way at times in life, but something happened and I don't know what it was. I think death sort of makes people realize that life is short. Mm -hmm. And two of my grandparents passed away and I had a few dogs die and stuff, but I don't feel like those were like, you know, crazy, like life changing perception changing, like death experiences. Cause like your grandparents die and your pets die, you know? So it wasn't anything like super tragic. But I think for most people that causes this type of thinking. But for me, it was like, at some point, why, like, why are you trying to fit all this stuff into your life? Why are you trying to pursue all of these things, know all these things, do all these things? And then you get to the end of your life. And what was all of that for? Like, what, like, what did you actually experience in your life? So it's like, mm-hmm. if you want to know a lot of stuff, that's great. If that gives you the value that you need from life or if you want to you know do all these like different tasks or go to all these like different like conferences or something like that because it rewards your life and that's great but if it doesn't and you're just trying to do it to be like the best or like something that you think is the best then it's like when you get to the end of everything that's when you'll realize that most of that shit wasn't important. And so, so for me at some point I start, like I thought that way, like I went to the end of my life for a second and I was like, what do I want? What? Yeah. What do I want to experience in between now and that moment? Like, what do I want to be able to look back on and actually remember that I did and like Mm -hmm. who was there and all of that. And like, what, what do I want to do that is important? You know, and so I think there's like a little bit of that sort of experience, you know, like there's a little bit of, you know, rethinking that has to happen in that way for some people. And it sounds like you're definitely (laughs) starting to realize that maybe, but it also sounds like you really enjoy just knowing things. So, you know, (laughs) yeah, I mean, that's great. (laughs) You know, you made me, you made me think about a talk that I was listening from, I think it was from Simon Sinek. It's from a podcast called Dare to Lead. I don't know if you ever heard about mm-hmm, this one. Mm-hmm. They were saying that people are always trying to be to get faster and further, faster and further, and so on and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't know where they're going. They have they have this highway that they are going. They don't know where it ends. They just want to go faster and faster and faster and faster and faster. There's no sense. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's like you got to so, get to the end, but the end is death. So like the yeah, point is just like, be like, don't drive so fast down the highway. There's sights to see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's not get to the end. It's, it's enjoying as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you have somewhere to be, then must be something that you decide that that is your meaning. And they they were talking about the the meaning of what they were doing and and what they they want to go. Like they were talking about companies, but I think that also makes sense if you if you think about yourself. Mm-hmm. 
if you're just doing things because you're just doing, I mean, if it comes to work, you have to do stuff because yeah. you need money. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Unfortunately. But at least, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but at least I think we need to be able to use work to do what we like. And I used it to be here. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I found a job that would give me the exposure enough and I gave all of myself then and 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 I was rewarded and I got known and my name was out there and then I got noticed and then I got involved with the right people, did the right stuff at the right time. I don't know. I mean, I don't think that I am all this, you know? I am not the genius. I am not the political person, whatever. I think I I usually say this is because I am lucky, but I'm also trying to change that. I am actually good. I, you know, I am the one who achieved this because I put effort in doing this. And Mm -hmm. this is a realization that when you have, then you can start saying to yourself, don't be too hard on yourself. You've already accomplished this much. Hang on. Maybe it's not the time. So recognizing that you are that you own the things that you achieved gives you enough argument to tell you that you can hold on a little bit mm-hmm. i guess that is so beautiful okay so like last question if there was some advice you wish you had what would it be so there's so many <laughs> i need to pick one <laughs> <laughs> Advice, one thing. Okay, maybe I can merge more than one in one. Okay. (laughs) I would say the biggest thing that for me right now as an advice is always remember that you are accountable for your actions. Be responsible for them, but don't push yourself too hard. Know your limits. Yeah. So. Solid. I had solid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had I had when you asked, I was like, mm, 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 mm. so I just made a sentence and put all of them together. <laughs> <laughs> Very concise. It was perfect. <laughs> like me, yeah. yeah. Okay, I do actually have one more question though. Even though I said that was the last one. What do you still dream of waking up to someday? First thing that came to my mind was to have a partner, but really partner. Like, I want to go for a walk. Let's go for a walk. You know, I want to, I mean, it doesn't have to be we match 100% because I don't want to be doing 100% of my things with the partner. But, you mm-hmm. know, that is important. <laughs> but, you know, as I, as I said, for the advice, I think I, I want to think about the things and then merge. So, good partner. <laughs> man i think i'm i am a very simple person i just want a good partner i want a comfortable house and i want green <laughs> green faces outside my window and then surrounding my house it's like you want to be that old know. german couple i hear you <laughs> exactly <laughs> I want to be exactly like green areas around the place I live. My partner with me and partner, not like, not just the woman I woke up next to. Um, yeah. And, you know, having a good life. Mm-hmm. Simple. I mean, sounds nice. I don't know. Like I am simple. If you ask me, what is the one wild dream you'd have is to be rich by playing video games. Not thinking about anything else, just playing. But just people <laughs> do that now. So I know that they do. It's possible you could just change fun. your career. Have you thought about that? Have you thought about this? <laughs> I have. Um, I have. You know, listening to your podcast. I, I'm not thinking about changing careers, but listening to your podcast, it's so nice to see that different ways of figuring out life each one by themselves you can still be happy you know independently Mm -hmm. of how you do it and 
I don't see myself changing careers. Seriously, I am the safe guy. Remember that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm not planning to do any any significantly change but if i am playing online and someone says hey do you want to get as much money as you are getting there and have a contract for 30 years to play video games and just test stuff and tell what you think about it yeah I love that Gleitson says that he was seduced by routines and that having like a routine and something that's very organized is like very comforting for him. And I can relate to that so much. He also goes on to say that by switching things up, your brain notices change and helps you answer those things in your life in a different way than if you were to just stay in your comfort zone. So I'm wondering, Sarah, in what ways has changing it up been beneficial for you? Okay, I love that Gladeson talked about being seduced by routines as if that's something that just, you know, really gets his goat, which is just so fucking hilarious and adorable. And I think that's great. And I wish that that were true for me in so many ways, but it's not like, I don't even put my socks on at the same time. Like when I'm getting dressed in the morning, I will put one sock on, then pants, then bra, then other sock, then shirt. Like that is how much I do not follow routines or I'm not seduced by routines in my life, which is hugely problematic because I probably could be actually successful (laughs) if I had routines in my life. (laughs) Now to the second part of that, of your question, I feel like I'm always changing things up in my life. And what that has afforded me is a window into lots of different ways of thinking. And in in many ways, that has actually made me successful and more adaptable in a lot of situations, especially because I work in a creative industry. There aren't concrete answers, I would say 80% of the time. So how do you really move forward and make decisions if you don't know the answers to go forward and make decisions, right? So... The fact that I I put myself in different situations on a regular basis, I participate in different things from day to day, from week to week, from month, month to month. The, the fact that I'm not constantly doing the same routine over and over again allows me to be a little bit more malleable at work. And I have been receiving praise for that lately. So I definitely think that that little piece of wisdom from Gladeson is is something to to think about, especially for other folks who might be... Yeah, I totally understand what he means by being sort of seduced by it. I know, like, I don't like change. (laughs) So a lot of times I'm very resistant to it. And so when I can get into a schedule, and even if it's just a personal, like, skincare routine, or it's just, it's something so comforting about it, And a lot of times if something is pushing me outside of my typical routine, I'm very resistant to it. But I feel like the, the, there's still like this need to change things up like eventually, but it's one of those things where I can't be pushed too far outside of that routine. I have to kind of snap back into that routine in order to find center, Mm -hmm. but like, I love that he said seduced by routines because like routine sounds so monotony, monotonous and it lacks spontaneity, but there's something so incredibly sexy about it. And I, I totally understand. <laughs> so, I mean, in what ways, though, do you do you take different paths or like do you seek different ways to break out of routines that you are so seduced by in your life so something that i've been trying to do more of recently is recognizing when an opportunity is good for me and even though it may push me outside of my routine like not allowing that opportunity to pass me by so i mean in the past like year and a half i've moved several times i got a promotion i'm seeking further education and some different routes. So it's, it's more of like, although I don't like being pushed out of my comfort zone, 
or I don't necessarily like changing up my routine, I have been quite enjoying being more of a go-getter and go-getting the things that I know is for me, mm-hmm. are for me, is for me, are for me, are for me. <laughs> it's more than one thing. <laughs> so yeah, I would say sort of the ways in which I try to change it up, just even just on a daily basis. I mean, with the world starting to open back up after the coronavirus pandemic and vaccines are rolling out, I have been able to, you know, go and work at a Starbucks or I'm able to go and meet friends after work and grab a drink or grab some food. And it's just been nice to kind of like allow myself the opportunity to have all of these different influences sort of be a part of my journey and not necessarily get stuck in a routine just because it's comfortable. Yeah, totally. Okay. So we haven't talked too much about relationships in this podcast so far. We've talked about relationships a little bit in Stephanie's episode and recently with Zach and Viet, but we haven't really talked about sort of some decision-making processes that go into pursuing a relationship, knowing that your future is sort of unstable or unknown. And Gladeson talks about knowing that after he had his internship in Germany and was back in Brazil at that point, that he knew he wanted to do whatever he could to get back to Germany or back to Europe, which is why he then chose to uh, really apply himself in a multinational company to then get a position that afforded him the opportunity to work and live abroad again. And with every relationship that he then started with knowing that information, there was always this caveat that either that person would have to go with him because that is what he was setting his sights on or they would break up. And I am very pro that ideal. Uh, When I was in a relationship before I moved to New Zealand, but before I got into that relationship, I knew that that's what was ahead for me. I knew that there was going to be this big change. And I straight up told this dude, I was like, look, we can date, but even if it's like a year from now, two years from now, which it did end up being two years from then, I'm leaving the country and you can come with me. I'm not pressuring you to come with me. I'm just letting you know, this is a thing that's not going to change. And it's something that you're going to have to accept whether or not you're participating in it with me, or that's just the end of us. And so I'm wondering, Kristen, what your perspective is on that. And, you know, when it comes to relationships, do you put your ambitions first or your longer term goals first? Or do you think that there is value in sort of having a bit of sacrifice to see through a relationship that might be really important that might, you know, and it might, you know, following your passions might require you to end that relationship? What are your thoughts on that? So I, it, I mean, it depends on what the goal is and what value that goal has to you. Um, I am somebody who has completely ignored all of my goals. They all went out the window for people that I've dated in the past. And recognizing that about myself, I had to really sit down and tell myself, what is it that I want out of life? What are my goals? What is, what is the true, what is like my true North? (laughs) But I definitely believe that if you are dating somebody and that relationship is getting in the way of you pursuing your goal, then that's very, that's very telling. And it's okay for you to, you can love somebody with your whole heart. You could want the best for them in every way possible And also recognize that the relationship is putting too much of a strain on becoming the person that you're wanting to become. Mm -hmm. So I, I agree. I think that if you have those goals where it's like, I'm doing this, this is going to be a part of my path, part of my journey, part of my life. You have to be okay with this and come along or we need to end the relationship. I totally get that. Mind you, it depends on like distance, right? Like I have, I want to eventually work for 
a company that would take me outside of Indiana. But if it's only like a couple states away, am I going to break up with whoever I'm dating? No. But if I'm moving to Europe or to a completely different country that's not Canada or Mexico, then it's you kind of have to start to realize that the pain of not being around each other is definitely going to be a distraction. I imagine that must have been pretty scary for you when you when you brought that proposition to your then boyfriend. Well, he wasn't my boyfriend yet. I, I told him before we were together that this was oh, going nice. to happen. But not not everyone has the luxury of knowing when there's going to be a big shakeup in their lives. You know, like this is something I had planned for a while. I just didn't have the money and I knew that I would need to take the time to have the money, but I I knew it was going to be something I wanted to do. So I was able to preface that relationship. But a lot of people, of course, are not able to do that. And there was definitely a hesitation about going into that relationship in the first place because I felt like, you know, it was just the very beginning and you never know how intense things are going to become down the road or you know, maybe he would have proposed. Maybe we would have definitely been talking marriage in a couple of years by the time I decided to leave. But for me, there has just, and, you know, people are going to have different opinions about this. But for me, I'm very concrete about this opinion in that if you're young, and at that time I was not that young, I was 26, I think, when he and I started dating. And I moved out of the country when I was 28. I don't think that if you're with the person that is going to be your forever person, that it could or would be a problem for you to pursue what you need to do because of a couple of things. One, you should be the best version of yourself as you currently can be for the person that you love. So you can offer them the truest everything that you have to offer and not some perceived version that you have of yourself or some perceived version that they have of you. And two, if you're with your forever person, that's fucking forever. So you can be apart for some time. And if it's really meant to work out, it's going to work out. And it's not going to be because you put that pressure on yourself to stay. Like you will figure it out. People do figure it out. So you kind of just have to trust in your intuition and what's, you know, what's your gut telling you that you need to do for yourself. And that might be staying with the person that you're with. That might be the calling for you. For me, it wasn't. And for Gladeson, it wasn't. And so I just think that that's a really important thing to pull out that I truly really resonates with me in my life. I feel like I'm reminded of of oh shit damn it what damn it um (laughs) sorry (laughs) okay oh god damn it what fucking shit's creek i feel like i'm reminded of alexis and ted when like ted was like in the galapagos and she was starting her pr firm yeah and it just was not lining up at all I don't know. I I loved how they recognized how much they loved each other and how their lives just was like their lives just weren't lining up. And there's more to a relationship than just the love that you have for each other. And I just I just love Shit's Creek. And- <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's a great show. It really is a great show. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's totally that vibe that Alexis and Ted are putting out where it's like they know that they love each other. They want to be with each other, but their passions are calling them in a different direction. And in the end, it it works out for them. I think they get back together, right? No, they don't. Oh, they don't get back together. OK, mm-hmm. well, whatever. But <laughs> if they wanted to get back together, they could have like if something was really driving them for one of one of the other people to like give up what they really wanted to do, they would have. And they still continued on in their choice and, you know, ended up with whatever happy or ridiculous lives that would exist on Ships Creek. <laughs> so it's just, I, I think people put a lot of pressure on themselves or on relationships 
to fall in line with this idea that you and I often talk about, which is being a Disney bitch. And <laughs> yes, they're finally bringing up Disney. Yes, princess Disney bitches. It. And yeah, people just have this perception that like life is good or it's or you're like you're done having terrible times or you have found yourself when you're with the right person. And that is just a Disney fallacy. That's not how actual life is. <laughs> like you have to find yourself through your own means and methods. And, you know, you can have a partner there along the way, but if you're finding yourself via the identity of your partner, and that partner goes away, guess what? You don't have anything because your partner is gone and that's who you were to. So you have to be a pure version of yourself as much as possible and know what is carrying you through life with or without that person. And it should be such a joy and a gift that that person who is also a pure version of themselves is able to participate it in with you and isn't also leeching off of your personality and your joy. Yeah, that was really well said. Dope. I felt really passionate about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to routines a little bit and thinking about, you know, reflecting on Gladeson's experience and his perception that he might never not that he might never live in a different country. It's just not even something he considered. And similarly, he also didn't consider sleeping on the couch instead of a very available bed ever in his life. Like he never slept on the couch because he just didn't think of that as an option. And for the first time after living in a completely different country, he decided to, for his own personal enjoyment, sleep on the couch. And it was apparently life-changing for him <laughs> to some degree because he realized that he didn't have to always do the same thing and he could still derive pleasure and joy out of that change. So is there something small or significant, I don't know, small or significant in your life that you thought you always had to do the same thing or always had to perform the same way and then decided to do it just differently once and it turned out to be really wonderful so i always needed to sleep on one side of the bed like that's always been okay. like i would always have like i would make my bed and it would look really perfect with its very crisp like very very crisp tuck sheets and I would only sleep on one half because then in the morning when I had to make my bed again, I only had to really adjust one side because I don't move too, too much in my sleep. And as like every magazine will tell you, you feel a little lonely when you don't take up space. And so I decided to start sleeping in the dead center of my bed and just okay. like sprawl out. And I know this seems like something super, super small and like not a big deal, but there's something so unbelievably relaxing waking up in your queen size bed and it's all yours. And it feels like it's all yours because you have claimed every inch of that bed. Yeah. It feels so nice. Yeah, yeah, I think that's actually really cool because it's like, I mean, maybe I'm just putting words in your mouth, but it kind of seems like this is my time to rule the bed, like to rule my yes. life. I don't need someone else to give me warmth in the night. I have all of the warmth and all of the bed. Exactly. Nice. Yeah, no, it's definitely like a metaphor for the rest of my life where I just this idea of wanting to take up space, not just in my life, but also in the nighttime. <laughs> but but yeah, like being able to like sleep in the middle of the bed and and it's my it's my fucking bed. I paid for this fucking bed. Why am I not sleeping on all of it? I don't know. So what were you doing? <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know. There's literally no logical explanation to it except I wanted to be able to make my bed faster in the morning and I'm looking at my room right now and it's a fucking mess. Like, there's no point in only sleeping on one half of my bed. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I would say that that is the one thing that I switched up and have come to love. 
I think that's awesome. That's great. <laughs> but what about you? What is what is the equivalent for sleeping on the couch for you? So this is a little bit more meta- metaphorical, I'd say, or something like that. It's probably not the right choice of words, but whatever. So I'm a pretty social person. And it's been like, this is really stupid, but I have a hard time not hanging out with people. And it's not because I'm necessarily always seeking friend time or or seeking to hang out with people. It's just that I will request someone to hang out. And then the next day, someone else will ask me to hang out with them. And so there's just this constant socialization that has been happening in my life. And I, I guess for a while, I didn't think I could say no to an invitation of a, of a person that I liked. Like, I just didn't think that that was an option. I don't think I really cared about what anyone else really thought that I was saying yes, per se, but I just didn't think that I could say no. And then COVID happened and you sort of had to say no to hanging out with people. It, it's People just, first of all, stopped asking to hang out so regularly. And second of all, it wasn't, you know, a good thing to do at the time. And I learned that I had been neglecting myself for years simply because I had been saying yes to to any sort of invitation of of friends that I like and not really prioritizing the personal quiet space that I need in my own life. And that was sort of the first step was, you know, having to have this opportunity to say no because of COVID. But then the next step, you know, as things have started to open up a little bit more is actually realizing that, oh, it's, you know, maybe it's someone's birthday and there's like, you know, an Airbnb rental going on. And it's like, obviously that's going to be a fun situation. I can say no to that if that doesn't really work with my energy or what I need for that time in my life. And it's okay. And if friends perceive that I'm not showing up or that I'm, you know, ignoring them, it's just a matter of communicating that that's not the case. And I just need that personal time that I wasn't even aware of that I needed until recently. So it was like kind of dumb, but it was actually a really, really important realization because I've, I just really need space. And I didn't know that. (laughs) It's kind of similar to the bed thing where you just like take up the personal space, but like in a physical way, you know, this is like like a social way versus a physical space way. Yeah. And that it's such an important thing to realize is when you need to just take the time for yourself that it's it's hard not to be a yes person, especially when so many people enjoy your company. It's like you're flattered by the invitation, but at the same time, it's like you gotta take you gotta take the the necessary rest that you need. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like we're all getting rest. Gladeson's on the couch. You're taking up your whole queen bed. I'm getting alone time. This shit's great. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and wrap this up, Sarah. Um, yeah. In what ways, after listening to Gladeson speak about the different realizations that he had in his life, in what ways will you wake up differently? Okay. So even though Gladeson was like, I'm typically seduced by routines or whatever. And then he started taking different paths because I'm a person that isn't seduced by routines. The fact that he made routines sexy makes me more inclined to participate in routines in my daily life so that I can find more success from the things that I'm trying to invest time into. So thank you, Gladeson. That's how I will wake up differently. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) What about you, Kristen? Something that um, we didn't touch on that Gladeson mentioned was admitting that you don't know something and humbling yourself and allowing yourself to just say you simply don't know. It's something that I've been trying to practice more of lately, but I also know that 
I am usually hesitant to say I don't know something because I don't want people to think that I'm dumb or that I just have an inability to comprehend or something like that. So I've been trying to just say I don't know. And I've noticed that when I have, I, I've been learning so much more. So that when somebody does mention it, I can say, okay, I do know that. And I do know that because I've looked into it now. So I've just been trying to give myself the the space and the allowance to sort of know that I may be ignorant about some things, but then using that ignorance to motivate me to learn about it. Yeah, I love that so much. And yeah, I'm so glad that you brought that back up because I think... That's also just such an important note that he brought up that I don't know is also an answer. And just hearing that and having that and acknowledging that it's also an answer. Yeah. Like how you're applying that, I think it makes so much sense. So doubly thanks to Glick. <laughs> this week, Sarah speaks with Glates and Nevis. Gladeson is an IT architect with his sights set on exploring and challenging himself by breaking away from the routines of everyday life. Sarah, your path crossed with Gladeson when you were doing some traveling of your own. What about him led you to keep in touch and share his story? <laughs> That's not a cheesy as fuck. Yeah, and you're like, your path. <laughs> oh my gosh, it sounded so good the first time. <laughs> Okay. Shit. Sound like fucking Helga from Hey Arnold right now. Join us every other week for new episodes and insights. In the meantime, check out our blog or contribute to support our mission at liveinthemomentum.com. Special thanks to Eric Heibretter for our theme song and audio production. If you feel like you have a story to share, reach us at info at liveinthemomentum.com. <laughs>